Okay, welcome back to the Soybean AFIT podcast. We are on uh, August 3rd. This is our fifth podcast, and we're getting into kind of the uh, most active season for soybean aphids. So we have a lot to talk about. I'm here with Aaron Hodson. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Aaron. Um, we're going to talk about a couple of things. I was going to first introduce the data from our soybean aphid suction trap network. We have four of those in the state. And for the first time uh, since June, we've caught aphids in the suction trap, uh, but only very few, a total of about 10 uh, in the northeast, northwest, and central uh, Iowa suction traps, but none in the southern part. And these are very low. Uh, I think the highest was five in one trap. Uh, so this is some indication that aphids are starting to fly around um, and uh, recolonize soybean fields. Uh, some of this could be local colonization, that is, soybean fields within Iowa. could also be uh, uh, aphids flying from other states. Uh, we had reports of aphids and suction traps up in Wisconsin, Minnesota, and one from South Dakota. So aphids are flying uh, around the Midwest, and uh, that's a sign that uh, there's some activity moving on. But it's, it is still very light. Yeah, sounds like they're on the move. Aphids on the move. I think we have a title for this podcast. <laughs> what did you hear from the teleconferences? Well, I heard a couple of things um, from my two teleconferences this morning. One is that this July was the coldest July on record since 1891. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Wow. And I think the last two weeks that were you know a little bit colder than normal really seem to favor aphid growth. And I'm hearing a lot more reports of aphid activity. If you look at some of the data that Brian Lang has generated in the northeastern part of Iowa. His numbers doubled twice since we talked last Monday. And so they were 25 and they went up to about 50 and now they're around 100 where almost every plant is infested and that has been uh, not so uncommon as I've been doing field days and such last week as aphid numbers are building up, the number of aphids per plant is climbing and the number of you know, the percentage of plants that are infested is also climbing. Um, that's very interesting. And we're starting to see this as well in our research sites. Our graduate student, Rebecca Ritson, who goes to five sites around the state, uh, she went from 30, well, 20 to 30% of plants infested last week up to 80% at North uh, East Iowa, Northwest Iowa, and then here in Central Iowa. But in the Southern uh, locations, uh, still at less than 20% infested. Um, at all locations, though, the average aphids per plant is well below our economic threshold of 250 per plant. So um, in terms of optimal timing of an insecticide, from what we're, re we're seeing on the ground, we're not there yet. We haven't yet reached threshold, although the potential there is quite high for us to uh, um, reach threshold given the... Um, aphids in the air and that now every plant has aphids and the cool temperatures, uh, we could see some economic populations, populations warranting an insecticide application occurring um, uh, around the state. Yeah, I, I heard from Pella Peterson. He's a soybean agronomist at Iowa State, and he said he was visiting some fields last week that that actually exceeded the threshold, and they were treated late last week, and I think there's a couple more fields that were going to be treated early this week because they have exceeded the threshold. So there are a very few fields that need to legitimately be treated right now, but the, there's also many other fields that are being treated with helicopter or airplane. Uh, helicopter. That, yeah, that's becoming more popular, And but they 
they don't need the treatment, but uh, it's getting thrown in with a fungicide. Right. And so because of the the treat the free or reduced cost. Well, that's really interesting. That uh, we had a question to the soybeanaphid.info website about um, this question of tank mixing and timing, and uh, it's it's a question that gets at one of the uh, problems that growers are going to have right now. When you have populations that aren't at threshold, um, do you treat? Because some growers are now applying either a fungicide because they want uh, the benefits of that, or they're applying uh, a herbicide. Uh, they've got some weeds they want to take care of, and the question is, do they pay the uh, the extra money to throw in an insecticide, even though they may not be at threshold now? And that's a really uh, it's a great question. It's a, a one that we have some data on, um, and and I want to break down into a couple issues here. We're sort of going into extra time. We're over our five minutes, but this one will be a little bit longer. Um, first question is, even though you don't have threshold populations and you may be anticipating those, um, are you going to get residual activity with that insecticide so that you don't have to go back in the field? And uh, there's quite a lot of optimism about how well insecticides work, and they do work very well in the short term, but maybe Aaron you want to chip in on this I don't know of much data suggesting that you get uh, significant residual activity beyond two weeks anything more than that is a little bit optimistic I agree yep and then the other question is um, well there's always there's always a question that if populations are growing will they continue to grow and exceed that 250 threshold and um, and that's just you know some of that is is luck, whether we get a lot of aphid migrations, um, and you know how well the populations grow in the field, and that's one that a grower has to answer for themselves by scouting their fields. And then the last question uh, is, does it pay? And just a couple of things to think about. You know, the leaving an aphid infestation unchecked can be d disastrous. We we know this. We can reduce yields by you know forty, fifty percent in you know under extreme conditions. Um, but there are some costs to spraying. I mean, there's a the cost of the insecticide, and now as the plants start to canopy, uh, you're going to roll over some beans. And Pella Peterson's shown some data. Um, he had this at the webinar, the web-based seminar that he did through the Iowa Soybean Association, you know, sh showing some pretty significant uh, yield losses just by driving over the beans. And so, um, you know, scouting is going to provide you some benefits here saving you the cost of the insecticide application, but also saving you the potential cost of you know, yield loss from driving over the beans. At the same time, uh, you, know, you don't want to spray. If you, you, you don't want to make the mistake of not spraying, uh, but uh, you know, th there is some cost to spraying even if you don't have to. Maybe one, one last point is I heard from many different of the area agronomists that soil conditions are very dry and we haven't got a lot of moisture in the last couple of weeks and people are starting to notice spider mites. And so if you if you treat for aphids, be careful that you don't have a flare of spider mites uh, coming up after that application. And that, that uh, if you do decide to treat, um, realize that pyrethroids are notorious for flaring spider mites. Um, combination of they knock out some of the natural enemies that feed on the uh, spider mites and uh, that just allows the spider mite population to build. Organophosphates, like uh, certain 
products. I don't know if I can mention them, but uh, I think we all know what those are. Uh, do have activity against uh, spider mites and aphids. Um, just one thing to be aware of is that no insecticide has real good protection against spider mites by killing the eggs. So you want to go back in after spraying and just make sure uh, that you don't need a second application if you have a spider mite problem. And spider mites, just like aphids, can be really variable uh, throughout a field. and Especially uh, weedy fields. Yeah, but as we get into some dry conditions, and it looks like we're getting rain. We got some rain here in central Iowa, but that may not happen uh, throughout the state. Um, yeah, it, and you know, weeds, whatever, uh, can uh, exacerbate a spider mite outbreak. So we're getting into that time of season where you really got to take a whole systems approach to your field if you want to maximize your yield production of beans. Think about a couple different things besides just soybeans, the, the pests that are feeding on them, and um, give some thought as to what and when to spray your insecticide. Any other points, Aaron? Any other things from the teleconference? Um, there's a few other uh, pests that are active in soybean right now, but be, I'd say that soybean aphids are probably the, the primary pest right now and should be should be scouted diligently for the next couple weeks. Sounds good. I think with that, we'll kind of wrap things up. Uh, this was our fifth podcast. We'll be back next week uh, with more about soybean aphids and the other uh, critters that attack uh, soybeans. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.